Hello, I'm Srinivasana Kindi, and welcome to Second Opinion, where we break down the latest trends in pharma and healthcare. This month, we're tackling one of the biggest paradoxes in our industry, the timescales of change. In the life sciences industry, we must deal with extremely short and long timescales at the same time, fielding decade-long development pathways, while the way that we engage patients changes constantly. We're going to explore some of the challenges brought about by this unique situation, and we'll talk about some recent organizational innovations that can help you overcome those barriers to success. We'll also address change as a whole, why it can be so scary, and what we should be thinking about when we make changes in the future. As always, any articles or papers that we reference will be linked in the email and website versions of Second Opinion, so do have a look. When should you change? And when should you pause and consider? Is constant change the gold standard, or merely a convenient organizational tool? The solution to this conundrum lies in the impetus for change, making sure that you're clear about where you're going before you set off. The constant movement of key trends, technology, patient expectations, and global backdrops means that it is crucial to understand what you're looking to solve and improve by making changes to the way that your business operates. Farm organizations are gigantic businesses with long and complicated value chains. Any transformation that seeks to be effective will need to deliver change at every step. And this starts to be a problem when we get into the detail. So let's look at a simple change hypothesis or mission. We want to be more digital. A mission that a number of farm organizations have set upon in the last 10 years. Now at a high level, the implications of this statement are relatively simple. A move towards digital marketing, retrofitting paper-based and manual processes, and perhaps exploring digital therapeutics in clinical development. When we start getting into the details, however, we start to encounter bigger challenges. In this instance, consider the strategic planning meeting for an upcoming launch medicine. Should the team now look into digital companion apps for patients, or should they focus on webinar-based education materials for their physician customers? Should they be doing both? Without knowing the why of digital transformation, the team won't have a decision-making map. For example, is the transformation focused on improving value for patients and physicians, or is it centered on cost reduction? Furthermore, if you have five teams making that same decision but in parallel, you may get five different outcomes, which will impact the organization's ability to move and act as one. The value of delivering transformation with all the horses pulling in the same direction doesn't just make your company more efficient. It keeps your team clued up and involved too. Making transformation an open and involved process allows for decisions to be validated at every level, which will ensure success for the changes when they actually hit the ground. Too often, organizations see convenient opportunities to make changes from the top down, but don't take the time to test those same changes with their teams on the ground to see how they will work. This usually results in months of impacted effectiveness as teams struggle to adapt to mandated transformations like a pair of ill-fitting shoes. In egregious examples, employees may be perennially stuck in cycles of accommodating new changes with no reprieve. Bringing teams into the loop reduces the time required for transformations to be adopted, thus increasing the time that they can spend operating at top speed. Doing this properly will also improve motivation to engage with the adoption process, 
and reduce the likelihood of employee resistance against transformation. Now, we've all seen it, from TV shows about therapy to consultancy diagrams about change management, the change curves inspired by Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's model plotting the journey from grief to acceptance. In a business context, they show us how employees will process change and how business effectiveness fluctuates accordingly throughout that journey. In the email version of Second Opinion, we've shown a model for how we build our change process, showing how a shared approach to transformation can both accelerate the curve and also mitigate the severity of the curve's bottom line. I recommend you have a look. Stepping into real terms now, it's all well and good talking about change in vague terms, but what does this look like when put into practice? To illustrate this, we sought to turn to our past, and a fantastic example of change carried out quickly, cleanly, and effectively in the Nordic affiliate of a top five global pharma organization. In 2016, the affiliate was seeking to leverage new digital offerings to boost customer engagement, but recognized that their existing processes, KPIs, and operations were set up for face-to-face engagement only, and were therefore incompatible with these new channels. They recognized that their customers wanted to engage with them in multiple channels, and the burden of communication could not rest with the field force alone. They had to change. So over six months, the affiliate led a change reaching every step of their value chain, every level of their hierarchy, and even up to global itself. They achieved these stellar results in such a short period of time by leveraging three important stages, aligning on objectives, soliciting internal buy-in, and maintaining constant visibility. So step one, leadership kicked this whole process off by aligning the desired customer engagement to specific business objectives so that it was clear how the online model and face-to-face models would support one another. Stakeholders were mapped against the delivery of those objectives so that it was clear to everyone within the value chain who was delivering what and how. Now step two, to solicit internal buy-in, e-KPIs integrated with existing field force KPIs were developed against those same objectives to help generate a shared understanding of how these activities would generate outcomes and the desired customer behaviors that would arise as a result. This ensured that everyone was clear on the why as it applied to their specific part of the value chain. And finally, step three, to maintain constant visibility. Internal email and intranet were used to maintain constant communication about these changes both internally and externally. This allowed for teams to move together in lockstep and share regular feedback against key goals to guarantee desired outcomes. This also allowed customers to engage with the upcoming content in a way that delivered feedback, which could be listened to for making further improvements. Speaking to key players in this transformation, the speedy and effective change came down to two main factors. Firstly, being able to individualize buy-in for each team and function to secure engagement. And secondly, leveraging internal communication as a type of selling in order to help teams share what was going on between themselves and with leadership. Our final piece is around the idea of identity and preserving identity through transformation. Consider the old thought experiment, the ship of Theseus. A ship in harbor has all of its parts replaced over the course of a year. At what point is it no longer the same ship anymore? Organizations, while they are not people, face similar challenges. At the core of successful businesses are unique cultures and missions, which unite employees. 
when delivering transformation to improve or refine the organization, it is crucial that this core isn't lost, or what remains at the end of the transformation may feel like a different business altogether. To escape this fate, consider what unites your organization, from its people through to its processes. We often ask and support organizations that we work with to consider their purpose. Distilling this and the values that make your organization unique is an important first step in making sure that change is delivered correctly and sustainably. Having then made changes, it's equally important for organizations to be proactive about monitoring the impact of changes made, both in terms of business output, but also employee sentiment. Have a look at the online version of Second Opinion, where we've put a link into a blog, which talks about how you can track the impacts of changes made for external customers, and consider how the same lessons can be followed internally. Change is a constant, never-ending aspect of running a successful pharma organization. Being at the front of waves of innovation are vital to best serving our patients and our physicians, and so mastering the change process is just as important. Start thinking proactively about your next change, your next transformation, and how you can make it as seamless and effective as possible. I've been Srinivas Anakindi with Penn's Second Opinion. Thank you for listening. Have a great day.